What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. We're one, I was going to say one man down, but we're one lady down tonight. Candace is not with us. A little bit of a late start. Uh, I was at the game, so the drive home delayed me a little bit. But the Memphis Grizzlies consume, crush, damage, dismantle, and eradicate, gut, impair, kill, maim, ravage, raise, ruin, sabotage, shatter, smash, whatever you Man. want. To use. <laughs> We're just running down a line here. They take it's a, care obliterate. of <laughs> John Morant comes back and they give the Pelicans the business tonight at the FedEx Forum, 141 to 114. And the, I think the story of the game, obviously, John Morant coming back is huge, but JV playing five minutes and 35 seconds, picking up five fouls. Yeah. That's got to be it. That's got to be the story of the game, right? Tough, tough night for him, man. Tough night at the office for old, our old friend Jonas Valanciunas. You have five fouls in the second, four fouls in the second quarter. And I think he picked up the, the, the fifth one, like early third, man. I was like, man, because I mean, I thought he was going to take him out. He picked up that third, and I was like, okay, they're going to leave mid. He immediately picked up their fourth, like on the next play. I was like, man, that's crazy, man. Four fouls in, 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 the, in the second quarter. But yeah, man, just an obliteration uh, by, by the Grizzlies tonight. Uh, got John Morant back. And you talk about playoff tune-ups. I think, I think this is one. And I mean, you look at that Pelicans team. I mean, that's a playoff team. Well, it's going to be the play-in. It's not like they were playing some scrub team. And I mean, they just kind of took their heart early. And, and the Pelicans never, never got back in the game. And just a, a fun night, man, to, to, to watch the team just a complete dismantling. As you said, here at the top of the show, man, I think that's kind of the only way you can put it. You know, the Pelicans were missing Brandon Ingram, and that that obviously makes a difference. When you're not fully healthy, it does make a difference. Not making any excuses for them at all. The Grizzlies just went out and done everything that they needed to do in order to win this game. But that this has got to give you a good feeling heading into the playoffs. And you could tell in the postgame, Dylan, and the way that he was answering questions, his body language, then John ja Morant comes in there. And, and dude, I don't know that I've been involved – and a funnier presser than what went down with John Morant tonight. Were you in the post-game presser Zoom? Um, I, I wasn't in it, but I've heard some of the clips from him. I heard some of the, the quotes from John. I said how he was uh, je jealous of, of Tyus Jones for his assist to turnover ratio um, in, in the block. Like, you felt like Jared out there. I heard some of those those clips. Man, this this team, I know you were in there. I was like, this team is is so fun, man. Just the camaraderie, just – the, the joking, man, just the, the support of each other. You just don't see that outside of, I mean, there's some college teams that you kind of see this stuff, but you don't see this in, in, in the professional ranks. It's just not something that you see. This is special with this team. And, and, and like I said, I heard some of the quotes, but I know you were in there. Yeah, it, it, it was it was super funny. So Evan Barnes uh, asked Ja a question. Ja said it was a, a rhetorical question. And, and I don't remember <laughs> what Evan asked him exactly. But then Terry Davis asked him a question, like, right after it. And, you know, then Jai, he used it again. And he's like, y'all making me use these big words, man. I don't use big words. <laughs> he said, I he said, I don't even know how to spell it. Don't ask me how to spell it. And it just – it was like an ongoing joke. So, you know, like everybody, there was different guys asking questions. And then um, Jeff asked him a question. And, and Jeff let off. He's like, this might be a rhetorical question. And Jai just started chuckling, man. <laughs> And when he got up from the uh, when he got up from the mic to walk out of the room, he just starts cracking jokes, and it was you know very lighthearted. You could tell that he was feeling good after the game, and and after you go out and perform like this, you, you know you're out for three weeks here, or almost three weeks. 
And you come back, you put up 21 points, nine assists on seven to 14 shooting, knock down two threes. Um, it, it was it was great. It was great to see the the energy from him tonight. Great to see the smile on his face, the way that him and Dylan were in the, that post game presser. Coach Jenkins had nothing but good things to say. Um, John Morant was asked about um, how he was feeling heading into the playoffs, and, and that's where the Tyus Jones quote came from. He said, "There's some stuff that I've got to work on." And he said the four turnovers were uh, were not acceptable. And he said, I get jealous of Tyus Jones a lot. <laughs> and then and then he smiled real big. So, you know, it, it was it was great. It was a good game, good atmosphere in the forum. There were a lot of fans in there. The forum erupted when they announced John the starting lineup, man. Everybody went nuts. So it, it was all around good victory. He saw a lot of good things from this team tonight. Yeah, and I was gonna say there was a moment after the game where Everybody knows that Zion and Zion Williamson are, are, are really good friends. And they, they were talking, and they had a moment where they both covered their mouth and they whispered to each other's ear. And I was like, here we go. Like, you already know national media is going to jump on this. Summer, and I'm coming and, to and, Memphis. That's what it yeah. was. And, and the national media is like, they're, they're talking about discussing how they're going to meet up in New York and all this crazy stuff. I knew it was coming, and it, it did. Like I said at that time, I was like, you're going to see some people with some crazy takes on this. Like, I think it's more likely that they could, if they were talking about that, they were talking about Zion coming to Memphis. I think if not John going to – they're both going somewhere else in New York and throwing R.J. Barrett or anything like that. I don't think that's the case, but I knew people were going to say that. And you already had Knicks fans, Lakers fans on there. I'm like, hey, what are, what are you, how do Lakers gonna get either one of those guys? Like, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense, man, delusional. But, yeah, man, just just a, a complete performance by this team. I think – I kind of worried about kind of the resting guys in and out that it would affect the rhythm. And I think tonight proved a lot. I think – Josh showed a little bit of rust early on, but as the game went on, he looked more and more like himself. I mean, he still ended up having a fantastic game. Uh, what did he end up with? 21 points, four rebounds, nine assists, a block, super efficient, seven to 14, knocked down two threes, five or seven from the free throw line, 27 minutes plus 18. I mean, uh, oh, I'm reading the wrong numbers. Those are, did I read the right numbers? Oh, those are the right numbers, yeah. Thought I was reading Bain's numbers for a second. Yeah, I mean, a great, great return. I mean, like I said, I, by the time that these minutes were over, he didn't look like, a guy that had been sitting out. So I think as a Grizzlies fan, you have to feel pretty good uh, going into these playoffs. It's going to be interesting to see what they do tomorrow night. Um, if it were me, I think I would play the guys. That's kind of – I'm always kind of anti-rest. I think the, the more reps you can get with the same guys, the, the continuity that you can get, I think I'd take that, especially when Ja's been out and you have Ja not having a lot of time on the court with Desmond Bain. I think at least for the first half, I think I would play those guys. I got a feeling that's not kind of the route that Taylor Jenkins goes with this. Uh, but it, 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 who knows what Boston's going to do? I think they're in third right now. But the kind of question is, do they really want to move up to second? They still have an opportunity, I think, with the Philadelphia 76ers at second. I think they might be tied right now. Uh, but if you end up to two seed, there's a possibility that you get the Nets. If you're the three seed, you get Chicago. Now, personally, I'm not a fan of that Nets team at all. I, I don't believe in that team. They don't play defense they don't have any depth i personally think there's an opportunity that they could might not even make it out of the play in and even if they do make it out of the play in that they could definitely get bounced in the first round i just don't see it with that team i know there's kind of this perception of them they've been supposed to be for a few years now since they kind of put those guys together that they were going to be a title contender but i just don't see it but i think a lot of people buy into that and they might rather play chicago than, than brooklyn i wouldn't personally but i think a lot of people that you asked about that would probably tell you that. 
Well, Brooklyn's got to get out of that play-in game first. Yeah, that's what I was saying. You know, I don't see that any of these teams in the top four. Milwaukee's actually setting at two right now. Philly and um, Philly and Boston are tied at fifty and thirty-one. So um, tomorrow night's game for those two are going to decide the the seedings. And, and I guess I don't know where the tiebreaker sets between the Bucks, yeah, I, I and Celtics. But you know, you got three teams there that could potentially end. If Boston and Philly both win tomorrow and Milwaukee loses, you're going to have two through four sitting there at 51 and 31. So then it goes to the tiebreaker. But Brooklyn doesn't have an easy road. Yeah, they're, they're sitting in the seven seed and fairly comfortable. I think that they're, they're not going to fall out of that 7-8 game, but they're looking at either Cleveland or Atlanta. Cleveland or Atlanta. And, and, and I think and either, either one of those teams could beat them, I think. If you match up Trey Young against that Nets team, I, I think that you will see Kevin Durant guarding. I think that that's probably the best defensive matchup for the Nets, especially late in the game on Trey Young. But I, I don't see – if I'm another team, seeing what that team has done this year, I'm, I'm not scared of them. And I guess we will kind of see how this all plays out with Boston, depending on who plays tomorrow, who's in, who's out, if they're playing to win this game. I would love to see the Grizzlies win tomorrow night because that would they, – they tie the franchise record for – Wins in a single season tonight. They got a chance to break yeah. it tomorrow in the season finale. So I would love to see them end up breaking that record tomorrow as records continue to fall. But it's either way, whatever happens, I'm happy with where the Grizzlies are. This team looked fantastic tonight. Zaire Williams is doing things that I, I definitely was not expecting from him at the beginning of the season. He had a great, you know, sidestep three today where he had the ball dribbled to, you know, pump fake dribbles to the side, knocks down a three. He was attacking downhill. And, and I feel like we've talked about that a lot from him in these last few weeks. But you see De'Anthony Melton continues to shoot the ball pretty well. Kyle Anderson played well tonight. Brandon Clark did not miss a shot tonight. 10 for 10 from the field for 20 points. It's – I don't know that you could have had a better tune-up game than this game right here. We've seen Ja and Dylan play in 12 games together this season. And so this starting five, that's all that you've seen with, with Ja, Bain, Dylan, um, Jaron, and Steve-O. We, we've seen it 12 times this season. And you wonder, you had questions about, was the chemistry going to be there? Was the flow going to be there? How are these guys going to play off of each other? And I think you can safely say that I, I don't think there's going to be any big issues there. No, I, I feel much better uh, about that because I was definitely concerned uh, over the last week, uh, kind of especially coming out of that Denver game. Not that I felt like that Denver game meant anything necessarily, just kind of how were they going to handle these last two games where we're going to see them kind of working through things with, with chemistry and rhythm, and that wasn't the case at all uh, tonight. And I think that was really refreshing to see, and I think I feel, again, a lot better going to these playoffs. We'll see how they handle tomorrow night, but again, I think you saw – everything you need to see with this team. And, and you just talk about just this season and look back over records every night. It just feels like some something new going on, some new records being broken. A couple things tonight, uh, 55 points uh, in, in the third quarter. But the Grizzlies, I remember a time where if they had 55 points and a half, you'd be ecstatic uh, back in the grit and grind era. But 55 points in the third quarter, and you have to go all the way back to October 1972, the Buffalo Braves. Uh, 
against the Celtics. They hold that record at 58. So three points off tying that record. Uh, and I know the Buffalo Braves went on to lose that game 126-118 despite scoring 55 point, 58 points in a quarter. Uh, but you mentioned Brandon Clark uh, a second ago. Uh, he's the first player since 1971 to have to be 100% on, on field goal percentage on 10 attempts and playing less than 20 minutes. So just crazy stuff from, from him tonight. And you you look, just look at this roster. I think there are a couple of things going to the playoffs I think that are going to be huge. I think, uh, number one, I think Brandon Clark just brings a different dynamic for his team off the, off the bench. When you struggle to score, he's a guy that can get into that lane and create that little float push shot. Uh, him and Tyus Jones, when, when you can't create offense, I mean, those, those are, are shots that can get some easy baskets. Um, in the playoffs, and you talk about Zaire Williams and, and his shooting, it's, it's been an uptick, shot 4-7 from 3 tonight. Love to see that. He had to melt in the way he's shooting the basketball, and also Tyus Jones, the way he's shooting the basketball from 3. I think all four of those guys are going to be huge in, in this playoff run, and Kyle's still doing his thing, and I think we've talked about this. You talk about playoff rotation and possibly playing, only playing 8 or 9 guys. I don't think Taylor Jenkins is afraid to play 10 or 11 guys. I think we had a conversation a couple months ago about Kyle Anderson versus Zaire Williams. And I think we've kind of flipped on on that thought here as late, but I think both of those guys end up getting meaningful minutes at, at some point in, in playoff games. I think they're both going to play, especially with the way Zaire Williams is shooting the basketball. I think that's going to be big for this team. It gives you a, another guy with, with that size that can come in and knock down shots at the stretch. And I think that helps definitely with the, the half-court offense issues that we talked about. So I, I'm feeling really good about where they are right now, man. And it, especially another good night tonight. I mean, this three-point shooting, is becoming a trend now. Uh, 18 of 35 for 51.4% uh, tonight. So scorching from the three-point line tonight, and that's kind of been a thing over the last uh, last several games, man. They've been shooting the basketball really well from beyond the arc, and that's, that's going to go a long ways in the playoffs if it continues. Yeah, since uh, since March 1st, their defense, the Grizzlies are the number one defense in the league with a 108.7 defensive rating, and they're top seven in three-point shooting so their defense continues to be good, even though we have witnessed some lapses in that defense over these last couple of games. It's still the best in the league, better than Phoenix, better than Toronto, better than Boston. You know, you, you, you run down a list, doesn't matter, top of the league in that. And now you add the competent three-point shooting. That That's dangerous. That I think that, you know, we talk about half-court offense in the playoffs – they keep shooting the three like this, that they're going to be just fine. And I think that this team is going to be better prepared than a lot of people are giving them credit for, because I've witnessed on Twitter and, you know, uh, national media, people talk about the lack of experience because of the youth of this team, but it's not that they have no experience. They do have limited experience, but Steven Adams, is he's been around the block a time or two. He knows what's up with it. And these guys have been through the battle of that play-in game last year and that Jazz series, and those guys learned a lot. There, there are – you know, Adams was not a part of this rotation last year, and Zaire Williams was not a part of this rotation last year. The rest of these guys, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain, John Morant, DeAnthony Melton, Kyle Anderson, and Brandon Clark, seven – of those guys, they are in Tyus Jones. I, I left out Stone. So eight out of the ten guys were part of the playoff rotation last year. I don't think that that experience is going to make as much of an impact as what people are implying. No, I, I don't think so at all. And I think the Taylor Jenkins and his coaching staff and the culture of this team plays a part of that as well. I think they 
approach the game differently than you would see a lot of young teams approach the game. Like you look at a team like Minnesota, who they, I mean, they got some guys, Patrick Beverly, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and, and Cat have all had a couple of tea. I mean, Patrick Beverly's played a lot of playoff games, but Cat and, and D'Angelo Russell's had a couple of tea in the playoffs. But that's a young team that you could kind of look at. And I think the Grizzlies, I think, are far superior in kind of their experience and kind of the way they approach their game. I look at Memphis a lot different than I look at that Minnesota team. Um, I, I just think they approach the game differently, and they've had some wars. I mean, they've had the situation when the bubble where, where they were trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, last year, you go back to last year, where they had to win their way in the playoffs. Um, weren't, weren't even in, in the 7-8 game. Ended up in the 9-10 game, and, and they were able to, to win their way out of that. I mean, that, that brings experience. And it's the playoff series, obviously, with Utah last year. They've been in some battles. They've been in situations where they've had to win games. They played in a situation last year wasn't a situation that was conducive to them making it out of it. And they found a way to go on the road and beat a Golden State team where everybody probably outside of Memphis thought that Grizz had no chance to win that game. And they go to Golden State. And that's, that was big time, man, for them to go in there and beat Steph um, and, and, and those guys that able to come out of there and make the playoffs. So I don't, I don't believe in that at all. I, I think this team is – Wise beyond the years, I think they have a special leader in John Moran and guys like uh, Dylan Brooks and, and his attitude and the culture that he brings. I, I just don't think they, these guys are young in age, but I, I think mentally, I think they're a lot further along than most teams with this collection of guys would, would normally be. i tell you something that I really, really, really like about this win tonight. And that is the the Pelicans with the the Spurs losing, the Pelicans locking the nine seed. They're hosting the play-in game. But there's no way that this Pelicans team cruises in tomorrow night to play against Golden State, and they're not up for that game. They're, They're playing Golden State. That's really the only spot in the standings that's left to be decided is who is going to be the three and four seed. If Golden State loses that game against the Pelicans and the Mavericks win tomorrow night, Mavericks on that tiebreaker, the Mavericks are playing San Antonio. San Antonio lost tonight. Are they going to be motivated to win? Are we going to see DeJounte Murray come back to get kind of a warm-up? He's been battling the sickness. Uh, They rescinded the technical foul on Luka Doncic, (laughs) which, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm surprised. I'm mean, no. not at, at all. I, I knew because of the implications of that game, yeah. the possibility yep. of Dallas moving up to that three seed. I did not expect them to leave that that technical foul. I, I'm I, I'm not trying to imply anything specific or anything like that, but it just did not surprise me that that's the case. And and I think that you, you've kind of changed. I don't really want to go back down that road a little bit, but it seems like you've changed a little bit. I know earlier you said that uh, you felt like you, you're all about having Golden State on the same side as the Grizzlies now. Is that right? Yeah, man, because I just look at, and we've talked about this a lot, how they've kind of handled this last month. And I was watching the broadcast of uh, Golden State and San Antonio tonight, and I heard them mention that Steve Kerr said that they're going to rest Clay tomorrow night. And I'm thinking you're in a, a game that can decide whether you're the three or four seed, and you're going to rest the guy that, because he's healthy. There's not anything wrong with, Clay Thompson. So I don't know what their motivation is. I don't know if they they want the fourth seed and don't really care about being a third seed. Maybe they're trying to duck Denver and would rather play Utah. I'm not sure kind of what they're thinking is. Um, I was talking to some people on Twitter and they're like, man, they're ducking the Grizzlies. They don't want the Grizzlies in 
uh, on that on that second on, on the same side of the bracket as them. I, I don't know what it is, man, but it's been kind of strange how they've handled this. I don't know if they're going to arrest Draymond as well, but I did hear that they're going to arrest Clay tomorrow night. So it's appearing that they just don't really care whether they end up the three or four seed. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Like you said, they rescinded the technical uh, for Luka Doncic, and it was kind of weird tonight because San Antonio, to me, felt like they were kind of going light in that game. Like I, I would have thought that they would have been trying to win. I know Deontay Murray's kind of been kind of kind of, kind of sick and, and dealing with that, but but I think some more guys sat out in that game. They had a uh, kind of a, a ragtag starting lineup, a kind of a bench guys. It didn't seem like they really were that motivated to win that game, which I, I don't know why because you get home court advantage in that eight that that eight nine game. I think that's big or nine ten game. game, you have home court events in that game. I think that's big. Now they're going to go to New Orleans to play the Pelicans, and that's going to be a tough one. Um, And and you were at the game, man. We've been hearing these rumors that uh, Zion Williamson might return if they make it out of play and into the playoffs. You you said you saw him warming up before the game? Uh, Yeah, he didn't go out and do any on-court work that I saw. But um, in the the locker room, in the hallway area, they've got a, a workroom that has, like, a bike and some weights and benches and stuff like that. And I saw him in there doing some work. I didn't – you know, there were a lot of guys out there in the hallway, so I didn't really stand around too long to watch him. But he, he – from what I saw from him tonight, I, I don't think that he is far from coming back. I, I think that – he, I, I don't know what it is health-wise, but as far as physical shape, he, he's in shape where he could come back and play. How many minutes could he play? How impactful could he be? I don't know. But the, the way that he was approaching the workout that I was watching him do, it didn't hit me as a guy that was being very um, cautious is not the right word there. But there was nothing like he wasn't favoring one side or the other like that foot was bothering him. Yeah, and to go back to the original point, I kind of strayed to to a different direction there. As far as Dallas and Golden State, I have kind of changed a little bit because I just feel like I don't know if, if Golden State can flip the, flip a switch that's going into playoffs. They've been extremely cryptic about the, the Steph Curry injury. I heard about a week and a half ago Steve Curry said he would, would like for Steph to, to play a couple games before they get into, back into the playoffs. And that didn't happen. Um, and they've been kind of quiet on it since then. And you think if he was physically able to go back out there, that he probably would have played at least one of these last two games. And that's not going to be the case. So that leads me to believe that this isn't just them being extra cautious that he could play. I, I think that he's really injured it and just couldn't play. And, I mean, we're a week out, and they're not really saying anything. Like, I expect him to be back, but I don't know. Like, I mean, because they not, they're not really saying anything about it. And you add him in, and – you just look at that team. Draymond is kind of looking at it as a shell of himself. As of late, they just don't look that good. And the chemistry and rhythm definitely is not going to be there. Because, again, I mean, they've had Clay and Draymond in and out every time they play a back-to-back. They're resting those guys second night. You're already dealing with, with step back, uh, step get out of the lineup and, and trying to implement him back in when he comes back. I just don't fear that team. I, I think when you look at that team, Grizzlies match up with them well anyway. I mean, they turn the basketball over. That's Really good for, for Memphis because they feed off that turnovers, getting up and down. Golden State wants to get up and down as well. So I, I just feel like that's a, a vulnerable team right now, and I'm not even sure they get out of the first round. I think uh, if, if it was a Utah-Denver, I think that's going to be a, a tough matchup for them. Um, I was talking to Nathan Chester from GBB, and he was like, man, if they, they match up with Utah, I, I, there, there's no way that they lose that series. And I'm 
I'm not so sure about that. When I look at the, the matchups, I think Gobert and Whiteside are going to give them all kind of trouble. And I think when you look at Donovan Mitchell, I think offensively he can match some of what Steph does. I, I don't think that's a good matchup for them. I know Utah hasn't had a look right, but, I mean, I think we've seen a couple games now where they, they look better, look more like themselves, and I wouldn't just temple in Golden State to win that series. I think that would be a long series even if they matched up with them, and I definitely think Denver could beat them. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But again, I think the Grizzlies will beat. I think the Grizzlies will beat either one of those teams. Not scared of either one of them, but I think now I would say to a Golden State, just kind of how they handle it and, and what their rhythm is going to look like. I just think that's a vulnerable team. They they look kind of their veteran guys look kind of old at, at times, and I, I just think the Grizzlies would probably have a better chance. I think they beat either one of them, but I think I'd lean to a Golden State right now, and that's kind of a flip from kind of how I felt before. They've got a little bit of a dilemma, honestly. If Steph does come back for the first round and we haven't heard anything for sure if it's a yes or a no, all indications were when he went down that he would be back for the first round of the playoffs. And they haven't said that. That's that's the weird part about it. Yeah, no, we we haven't got confirmation of whether he's going to be back or not. But what do you do with that starting lineup? Jordan Poole has been playing fantastic. Yeah. What, do do you move Jordan Poole back to the bench? Do you start him? If you do start him, what does that starting lineup look like? Are you talking Steph, Poole, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins? You know, with, with Draymond being your five, that's a pretty small five. Yeah. You know, and, and Draymond can handle it, but Wiggins playing the four against a lot of teams. If the if the Warriors were matched up against the Grizzlies. <laughs> The, Barbecue do, chicken, get, man. Get, yeah, <laughs> give me Andrew Wiggins trying to guard Jaron Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and that's it, it's definitely a lot of question marks. I'm I'm still not afraid of of the Dallas team. I I, I tweeted out today. There's no easy matchup inside. I mean, whoever no, wins that all. seven eight game, whether it's Minnesota or LA, doesn't matter. The Grizzlies are still going to have to go out and play to beat either one of those teams. And then you get into the second round and it gets even tougher. I respect these teams, but I'm not scared of any of them. And I can say based off of what you hear and what you see in that locker room, a lot of these players are going to be of the same mindset and they're not scared of who they match up against. John Morant was actually asked about that tonight. And he's like, I I don't care who we're playing I'm going to go out and I'm going to do everything I can to be the best that I can be. And I'm going to prepare whenever we find out who we're playing, I'm going to prepare accordingly. And that's paraphrasing. That wasn't word for word what he said, but that, and Taylor Jenkins has been singing that same tune, man. I I don't really have much else about tonight's game. Just a, a overall, you know, start to finish fantastic victory from this Grizzlies team. Uh, You want to run, uh, run through the box score for us real quick and then get us out of here. Yeah, and speaking of that seven and eight game, they they've scheduled that. It's going to be Tuesday night, eight thirty on TNT. Clippers at T Wolves. So I'm sure Grizzlies fans will be locked into that one. And to, to your final point, I think I, I really do believe that. You'll hear people say that kind of stuff, like, "Oh, we don't care who we play," but internally, I think they have a different idea. I I genuinely don't believe this Grizzlies team gives a ATWL who they play. I think these guys just want to go out and hoop, man. I think they feel like they're the best team in the NBA and that they're going to win a championship. I think they genuinely, when they step on that floor game one, they feel like that's the first game of a championship run. I think they really do feel like that. I don't think they care whether it's the Clippers or Timberwolves. 
they're going to go out and, and play their game and, and let the chips fall where they may. But I think that confidence and the swagger is there that they can beat anybody uh, on, on any given night. And I think they truly believe that. I don't think that's coach and player speak. I think that's real with them. But, man, some, some good stuff in, in this box score. You look at field goal 53 of 90 for the Grizz for 58.9%, man. Just on fire tonight from the field, man. Shoot almost 60% for a game. That, that's crazy stuff. But on the other side, New Orleans 41 uh, of 91 for 45.1%. And, I mean, the New Orleans actually got one more one more field goal attempt up, and you lose the game 141 to 114, man. So that just shows you how well the, the Grizzlies were shooting the basketball. Man, three-point percentage, as I said, continues to to be on the upswing, man. Really good tonight, 18 of 35 for 51.4%, man. Really good numbers. Terrible night shooting from, from New Orleans, 6 of 30 uh, for 20% from behind an arc for New Orleans. So Grizzlies are plus 5 in attempts and plus 12 in makes. That's 36 points, plus 36 for the Grizzlies from the three-point line tonight. Uh, for the free throw line, it, it's, it's been better the last couple of games. You still want it higher, higher than this, 17 to 23 for 73.9. You really want that up around 80, uh, but it, it's better than the 59 and 60 that we had seen a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so, I mean, they're continuing to improve there. You just hope that number goes up in the playoffs. That's still a little bit too low. You'd like to see that a little bit higher. Uh, New Orleans, 26 to 35 for 74.3%. Uh, Pelicans plus 12 in attempts and plus nine, nine in makes. So, between threes and free throws, shooting Grizzlies plus 27, and that's what they end up winning the game by. Uh, it's 27 points. I thought that was interesting. Uh, rebounds, 48 to, to 29. Only 29 rebounds overall for New Orleans tonight. 13 offensive rebounds for the Grizzlies, 9 for New Orleans. 41 assists uh, for the Grizzlies tonight. Man, they were whipping the basketball around, man. Just great ball movement, man. Finding open shooters, finding cutters. They did a fantastic job of that. I think Zaire Williams was a, a big a big better factor of that tonight, man, going 4-7 from threes, man. Some great finds by guys. Steven Adams, Josh is doing a good job of, of passing that basketball around. Dylan Brooks. of those yeah. assists were on alley-oops, I guarantee it. 27 of them. <laughs> and, man, it, it feels like it, man. Dylan Brooks, five assists tonight, man. Don't want to want that to go unnoticed when people talk about him being a black hole, people that are detractors. He has five assists tonight, man. He's He's passing the basketball, man. Definitely improvement from him over what we used to see. Uh, but still, six steals for the Grizzlies, 10 for New, uh, New Orleans, nine blocks to three to the Grizzlies. Uh, 19 turnovers to 16 for New Orleans. Fast break points, Grizzlies double them up there, 24 to 12. Grizzlies get, getting back to doing what they what they do. We didn't see that in the Denver game. 68 points in the paint to, to 56 for New Orleans. The 56 is, is, is so high, Grizzlies usually don't give that many points up in the paint, but they, they were just shooting the basketball so bad from the perimeter that that number was going to end up being high because, I mean, that's all they were getting pretty much. Yeah. I. You talk about the rebounding. The, the foul trouble from JV obviously affected that. We know what type of rebounder he is and what he can bring to the floor. Uh, Willie Herman, Hernan Gomez done a pretty good job, and, and, you know, he ended up playing 33 minutes out of necessity because of the foul trouble uh, with JV. Uh, Jackson Hayes nearly killed our guy, Stephen Adams. Oh, man. Tonight. Yeah, man, he got it, man. Yeah, I <laughs> wish Candace was on here to give me a hard time because she sent a tweet out about it, dude, and it just flew straight over my head. My buddy was at the game, and, and he messaged me. And so I got he messaged me that. I saw the dunk. And then he sent me a message and I got on Twitter and she's like, somebody check on Steven Adams. And I look up and Adams is like walking to the bench and I'm like, what is she talking about? And then she told me and I'm like, oh, 
<laughs> like, what are you doing? So I, I wish she was here to kind of call me out on that because I know she'd bust my chops on it. But, you know, it, great, great performance from the Grizzlies. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Candace will be back with us tomorrow for the post game. And then we get to gear up for the playoffs. Can't wait for it. We determine get to, or we don't determine the, the Timberwolves and the Clippers determine who the Grizzlies get to play in the first round. Like Isaac said, ready for that. Excited to uh, see this team prepare for another series. Uh, I would, I, I don't care. I would love to see kind of the, the Taylor Jenkins, Ty Lue matchup in that, in that first round. Yeah. Um, I'm with you just to see kind of the adjustments and, and what, the, what these two coaches are able to do, but uh, you can get the show on Twitter at eat those Grizzlies. I'm at David W two one, one, one. Candace is at Seahawks, the letter C H A W K S nine zero one. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah. You can be on Twitter at Isaac underscore rivals. That's I S A A C underscore rivals. Grizzlies, no ballys tomorrow night. Uh, if you, if you're not at FedEx form, no Pete and Brevin, uh, I, I was talking to Pete earlier today, and he was like, man, they hate to hate when this happens, man. They Those guys want to work. Uh, so that lets you know how special those guys are. And this has not been a homer, man. Those two guys are the best in the business. If you watch other games, you'll definitely see what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, man, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals. Grizzlies, 6 p.m. TNT tomorrow night. Uh, game got flexed on the TNT, taking on the Celtics. We'll see who plays in that game. And we'll be back with another late post game. So basically, out for that until tomorrow night we go and that will conclude our sports ethos presentation without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.